Hello, this is Professor Leslie Garfield-Tenzer, and this is Law to Fact. Today we're doing something a little different and talking about managing stress. one of the biggest obstacles for law students. But let me say this. If you're not feeling stressed right now and it's about November 5th, then something's not right. You need to understand the magnitude of what you're up against. But there's a difference between feeling stress and stress becoming paralyzing. So today in this episode, I've asked three experts to talk about stress, talk about what to do if you're feeling stressed, and help you manage your stress. We begin our discussion with Professor Rachel Gervitz, Assistant Professor of Law at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, who talk about what she advises students when they come to her office if they're, if they're particularly stressed. By the way, you can have a virtual Professor Rachel Gervitz, if you like, by following her at Twitter at Rachel Gervitz, R-A-C-H-E-L-G-U-R-V-I-C-H. Her tweets are compassionate and compelling, and that's how I got to know her was through Twitter, and I highly encourage you to follow her. Next, we'll talk to Susie Yellow-Schwartz, founder and chief executive officer of Unplug Meditation, who will teach a quick meditation that you can do in the car, in the library, even as you walk into an exam. It's a way of deflating your anxiety, clearing your head, and making you study ready. And finally, we will end our discussion with Dean Angie D'Agostino, Dean of Students at the Elizabeth Help School of Law at Pace University, who will talk to us about the difference between typical stress and stress that's so great that it may be time to seek professional help. On a personal note, as a professor, I have to say that I see that most students are stressed, and the ones who are not stressed are the ones who aren't really seeing what they're up against. So if you do have some stress, that's not a bad thing. That means you know what's going on. But if you have so much stress that it's emotionally crippling, I advise you to seek professional help too. Okay, I won't keep you any longer because I know you have some studying to do, but take a listen to hear about what kind of stress is expected in studying for law school exams and how to manage it when it comes. First up, my discussion with Professor Rachel Gerwich. I will, I will not keep you for a lot of time, but I really appreciate this. I just I see all the stress on all the tweets. So I get, my question to you is when a student comes to you in your office and says, I am so stressed out, what do you advise them? Well, uh, I try to first identify what the source of the stress is um, and figure out, you know, often for a law student, it's just overwhelming to have everything happening at once and a lot of things um, coincide and overlap. Uh, but trying to figure out, you know, some some parts of the stress you just can't control because everyone, I think, is naturally going to be nervous about final exams or final projects or uh, all of that that's coming, um, but really to sort of focus on the things that they can control, which is, um, you know, how can you, as a student, be best prepared for the exam or whatever other task is coming up and make sure that, you know, at the very least, you've controlled the things that you can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of times I find that students are uh, affected by hearing their peers talk about what they're doing, um, which may work very well for their peers, but not, in fact, work well for the student. And so in some instances, tuning out, um, you know, student conversations about how many hours this weekend they spent studying or how, you know, how late they stayed up or how early they got up or how long their outline is, um, and really just focusing on what the student herself can actually accomplish and control and what's manageable. Mm -hmm. Perfect. 
And then what happens when a student is, yeah, like, do you, are there tools in a toolbox that you can give to your students to help them manage the stress, particular tools? Um, you know, I think one, again, one thing is to actually make a plan. Um, I mean, I'm a big planner and list maker, um, and this works better for some students than others, but really to sort of sketch out, um, you know, dates by which you want to have certain tasks accomplished, you know, when to take practice exams, making sure to schedule those practice exams in there, but just as importantly, making sure uh, on that list or on that calendar, you'll find time for um, whatever it is, you know, that, that makes you happy. So um, whether that's spending time with friends or family or a favorite dog uh, or being outside or exercise, uh, really making sure that we're not going um, at 100 sort of miles an hour consistently for the next month because that's not a sustainable pace. Um, and so making sure that, that the student is really focused on taking care of herself in addition to uh, becoming prepared. Um, oftentimes I also find that students are either reluctant to ask or um, haven't done as much diligence as they can in terms of talking to the professors and understanding, you know, some professors will be more forthcoming than others, but really understanding not just sort of the subject matter um, that may or may not be tested on the exam, but really the professor's expectations um, and what the professor looks for in a strong answer um, and really having a sense of at least I'm going into this armed with as much information as I possibly could have. Um, so whether that means going into office hours or asking those questions in class or asking for practice exams or sample answers or sample strong answers, but really just gathering as much knowledge um, as a student is, is able to, I think, will, will help them feel, um, feel empowered. That's really wonderful advice, actually, because I guess just learning the law, you don't really have any, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for, to check yourself? I can't, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. But learning the law, you don't really have any checks and balances. But if you know what a professor expects, that may give you at least some identifiable goalposts to hit. Absolutely. And, you know, some professors may be more, again, more or less willing to share things like rubrics or sort of how they grade, but really it's just about understanding, do you want me to name every issue I can think of? Do you want me to really focus um, with more depth on particular issues if those seem the, mo the ones that are most implicated by the problem? Um, you know, how much counter analysis are you looking for? Uh, you know, things that are, you know, in terms of organ, how would the organ, uh, I'm sorry, how would the, org the answers be best organized? Um, and really understanding what what the professor is expecting, uh, which again can can vary by professor in large in large part. But I, I love that idea of kind of getting as much knowledge about the practicalities of taking the exam besides just the information you need for the exam. And I think that's a good stress reliever. Um, that's great, wonderful. Anything else? Um, yeah, I would say uh, you know I think again different people thrive with different sort of strategies and different environments and so figuring out really what the environment is that works for you so maybe it is more isolated maybe it is less isolated but whatever way is going to actually be the most conducive to the student's own mental health um, and you know understanding that also sort of knowing going into it and in a way this is a double-edged sword but it's I think an, an unshakable fact of life at a lot of law schools um, is that you can only control so much and so a lot of 
professors grade along a forced curve. Um, And so therefore, you can do the very best that you can do. um, And that is the entirety of what is in your control. And so understanding that, um, that other factors are are also in play. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is, you know, maybe as we're about a month out from, I think, the the start of most exams, um, you know, having a, a conversation with friends and family in advance rather than sort of in the moment of the week before the exam, Mm -hmm. Um, but understanding that, you know, I might not be around as much or, um, you know, I might not call or I'm going to be pretty stressed out um, and sort of flagging that for them. And so you're not also feeling guilt about, you know, letting those relationships um, sort of slide or letting, you know, not, not making your, you know, once every three day phone call to your parents or what, whatever the relationship is, but really understanding that, you know, I still really value our friendship. It doesn't mean, um, you know, I, I really want to be here for you, but the next few weeks are going to be hard. Uh, sometimes sort of previewing those conversations in advance will not only help lessen any feelings of sort of um, obligation or guilt, but also will allow the other person to say, well, what can I do for you? Um, and there might be some, uh, some opportunities there as well. You know, you can't see me because this is a podcast, but I'm shaking my head actively in agreement. Managing expectations of loved ones is a brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah. Well, and I find, too, also that a lot of students, um, particularly where their families are not, um, you know, familiar with law school, they're maybe they're the first lawyer in the family or the, or the first law student or sometimes even the first college student, um, the perspective is often well, like, this is just an exam or it's just school or um, which is which, which is. Yeah, which is, of course, both true and also um, not often reassuring, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so really, really explaining, you know, these, you know, these these exams are important. Um, obviously, you know, they don't they don't define who the student is by by any stretch. But but I remember when I was in law school, hearing it's just a test. Why are you stressing out? Um, and then I would feel like more stressed about being stressed or guilt about being stressed when you know there were real problems in the world. And I right. feel like those secondary emotions about I'm now worrying about worrying um, are helpful to nobody. So. <laughs> All right, Rachel, thank All right. you so, so much. I really appreciate Perfect. it. Perfect. Take, Take care. care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Next up, Susie Yellow-Schwartz, founder and CEO of Unplugged Meditation, is going to guide us through a quick meditation exercise. It's great for your tool bag, whether you're in the middle of studying, about to go into an exam, or just find yourself needing a little bit of clarity. Full disclosure, she is my sister, but she's also a guru of meditation, and I assure you that this meditation will be one that will become essential as you move forward in studying for your exams. So it's great to talk to you. You are the meditation guru as the owner and chief executive of Unplugged Meditation. And I know that you spent a lot of time teaching students, graduate students, undergraduate students, how to meditate. And so what's a quick down and dirty way that students can meditate so that they don't feel the anxiety of missing out on study time, but they're relieving their anxiety so that they can study better? Well, one of my favorite quick hits is the 16 second to calm meditation. And it's really simple. It actually helps you pause stress in its tracks and anchor into the present moment. So let's say you're about to take a test. The worst thing you can do is go into a test stressed. What you want to do is go into it with a clear mind so that you can just focus on the task at hand. So I like to do this little exercise. You want to try it, Leslie? That sounds great. Okay, so close your eyes, and I want you to imagine something that makes you feel stressed, and just say yes when you're at that point. (laughs) It didn't take very long. I'm done. I got it. 
Okay, great. So I want you to just follow my instructions and breathe in through the nose for the count of four. Okay. Two, three, four. Hold your breath for four seconds. Two, three, four. Audible exhale out for four seconds. I want to hear it. And holding your breath for four seconds. Two, three, four. And let's try that one more time. Breathe in through the nose for four. Two, three, four. And hold for four. Two, three, four. And an audible exhale out for four. Great. And just open your eyes. Were you thinking about that thing that caused you stress while we were doing that exercise? No, I was thinking about breathing. Exactly, because you can't count, breathe, and think at the same time, which is why that trick is so great. It basically pauses and is a pattern interrupt to whatever you're feeling to make you feel centered and calm. So I like to do the 16-second breath before I walk into a room, anytime I hit a doorway, whether it's going into my car, going into a meeting, just to kind of clear my brain as if I'm clearing my palate. And that's a great idea, and students can do this at their study carol, they can do it before they go into a test. Um, it really feels good. And what I like the most about it, as I said, is it doesn't take away from the the time that you think, oh, I should be studying. So it's a way to incorporate this and not stress about not studying instead of meditating. Exactly. Thank you so much for giving me the time. Um, and I know that if you... I know students just do that 16 second to calm, and that is going to recharge your brain so you can start learning again all the stuff that you have to learn. Thanks so much, Susie. Thank you so much. Take, Take care. care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Our final speaker, Dean Angie D'Agostino, speaks to us about the normalcy of stress and talks about what students generally experience as they head into their finals, particularly as one else. What is the difference between, for a student, What's the difference between normal being stressed and when they should be worried about their level of stress? Well, normal stress is usually puts an individual into like a flight or flight, um, fight or flight kind of mentality. Normal stress for a law student or any student in a, in a graduate program um, would be something out of the norm that's causing their, you know, they walk into a classroom and their heart is racing, their um, inability to sleep, their inability to um, stay organized in their classroom. When those kinds of things start happening in their life, then they, it's kind of they realize that they have to get some help, um, that the stress level is above what the, a normal person on every day level can handle. So what's a normal person on every day can handle? So, so I'm going to just, mm -hmm. I'm, let's pretend I'm a student. Mm -hmm. I've had the good fortune of not having major anxiety. And all of a sudden, I'm panicking. I'm having like these little mini panic attacks. I'm looking at all my students and all my colleagues and thinking they know more than me. So what's normal stress for the student entering law exams that's never really experienced a ton of stress before? I think for a student who's never experienced stress or doesn't have an anxiety disorder or isn't on any kind of medication for an anxiety disorder, a normal level of stress is, is really just feeling apprehensive. It's feeling like, have I done enough? Why, you know, what more could I do? Why does that person know? They're questioning themselves. But at the end of the day, when they sit down, they realize, you know, I, I'm there. I, I've got it. They talk to their professors. They talk to deans for students. They talk to their counselors um, throughout the law school. But they actually know that, you know what, 
I have the information that I need, I'm, you know, kind of getting outside my head. Okay. I explain to them that, you know, they're the best and the brightest that are here. Mm-hmm. Some are, some students pretend they know more than they actually do. True. And so, you know, those students, just because they speak a lot in class, doesn't, you know, translate into actually knowing how to write a law school exam. And just as an aside, the student who never spoke in our class, my law school class, was the one who got the highest grades. Because I do think that it's good to talk in class, but the students who speak the most in class aren't also listening. They're too busy speaking. They're too busy speaking. They're too busy. There are students who are just, you know, too busy being distracted, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wondering, you know, maybe maybe they didn't do all their work. Maybe they're, you know, actually just taking the work of others. Maybe they're online looking at case briefs you know, doing something else. So I do think that, you know, once a student kind of gets back into their own head Mm -hmm. and stops letting the environment around them control them, they realize that, you know, this is kind of normal. And it's okay to be a little stressed in law school. It's actually normal to be stressed in law school. This is an undergraduate. This isn't a graduate program. Um, This isn't an online program. This is a a degree-granting professional program. Yeah, and I, Mm -hmm. I, I, just to give my own two cents Mm -hmm. to that, if you're not a little stressed, then you don't realize what's ahead of you. So that's okay. All right, so it's normal to be a little stressed. When should a student be scared with their stress signals that it could be something more than than just a little stress? So I think there's physical symptoms mm-hmm. that students need to be aware of, okay. um, and we talk to the students about these when they first come into law school. Low energy. All of a sudden they're getting headaches, upset stomach, um, a lot of insomnia, frequent colds and infections, um, nervousness, a lot of dry mouth, just physical symptoms that, wait a minute, something's not right. I'm, I normally can handle schoolwork. I've been a good student, but all of these things, now I'm kind of crossing that line where it's affecting me physically. And then there's also, you know, the cognitive symptoms that we, we call cognitive symptoms, things like, you know, racing thoughts, inability to stay organized, um, inability to focus, poor judgment making irrational decisions um, in their personal lives. And so what should a student do if they find that they're in over their heads and it's getting in the way of studying? So we've been reaching out to students, but most students should seek help here. Mm -hmm. The first stop is always their dean for students. Um, Or they go to a faculty member first Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I've I've done all of this. I just can't seem to get a grasp on it or haven't been sleeping. Faculty members also come to the administration and They'll say your student's been missing more class than normal mm-hmm. because they're sleeping, because they, ha- they can't get themselves out of bed. Mm-hmm. They're feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we reach out. Okay. So it's really it's an interactive process between the law school mm-hmm. and, the, and the student okay. to make sure we have our eyes on everyone at all times, that everybody is safe and can complete the journey. Perfect. Okay, great. All right, so to summarize, it's normal to feel anxious. Anxious could be your heart racing as you walk into the classroom. It could be feeling that you can't keep up, I should say, with other students, Mm -hmm. that nervousness that you can't do it. But the minute you can't take a shower, get yourself out of bed, or it's getting in the way of your studying so much that you can't really study, it's time to seek help. And seeking help can be as anonymous as an email to the dean of students. Absolutely. Great. Okay, this was super helpful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. So those are my discussions with Professor Rachel Gurbich, Susie Ella Schwartz, and Dean Angie D'Agostino. If you want to learn more about meditation or meditate every day, there's a great meditation app at unplugmeditation.com. They have teachers from all over the world for all types of meditations, not just stress relief, 
but also gratitude meditations, centering meditations, and meditations to help you sleep at night. I listen to it regularly, and I really, really highly recommend it for you. Thank you again to www.bensound.com for the music, and I wish you the best 